Vernomatic Productions. Are you ready? Live from the Metal Mayhem Studios in Rochester, New York. We are gold. And heard around the world by metalheads just like you. This is Metal Mayhem ROC. Heavy metal music. Your weekly dose of metal music. Interviews, album reviews, news, and more. Want to be part of the show? Send us a message through our website, MetalMayhemROC.com. Or hit us up on Facebook and Twitter. Search Metal Mayhem ROC. It's getting nice and heavy. And now, welcome tonight's host, John the Vernomatic Verno. Good evening, everybody. As always, Thursday nights, brand new content drops. We invite you to visit the MetalMayhemROC.com website. There you'll find direct links to all our streaming services, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, however you're getting your content. While you're there, download some past shows, leave a review, and do us a favor, sign up for that newsletter. It's our way to stay in touch with you. Tonight, we have a good one. We're taking a walk down heavy metal memory lane. There's no better way to, you know, celebrate the summer than to dig up some old, viable metal bands from back in the day that are still going along and releasing material. So we're going to bring on uh, Dave Overkill from the Cleveland band Destructor. 1985, they came around with that kick-ass Maximum Destruction release. And, you know, they had a legendary show up here in Rochester. So we're going to bring Dave on in a minute. But first, let me get my brothers in metal onto the show. We have both Southern Kale and Northern Kale, part of the Kale Zone crew. John, how are you, man? I'm doing good, Vernomatic. Thank you. And uh, Northern Kale, Mike Calabrese. Can't tell you how cool it is to be here, John. <laughs> well, it's great to have you guys. <laughs> like I said, we were brainstorming. We're like, let's do something special. So before we get Dave onto the show, because he's in the green room waiting to come on, Mike, you had the idea. Why Destructor? They blew us away back in the day. You know, I see I see Dave Overkill on uh, Facebook and stuff like that, and he still seems to be going strong. I mean, he still seems to be really involved in the scene, a huge fan of a lot of good bands, and, um, geez, you know, his music still kicks ass. And I'm, I'm hoping that we can hear a new album coming up soon. So let's maybe see if we can uh, get some answers from him. Let's welcome the Metal Mayhem ROC Dave Overkill. Hey, Dave, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing great. Thank you for having me on. Thanks, Dave, for joining us. This is uh, Southern Cal. I do a little bit of uh, stuff for the show that we do on Monday night, the Metal Mayhem ROC show. Um, we love your band. We definitely Thank give you. you guys a lot of airplay. We appreciate that. And my other uh, friend here tonight, actually John's brother, Mike. He goes by Northern Cal because he lives up in the Vermont area. So, Dave, how are you? Hello, Mike. I'm doing great. Yourself? I'm doing great. Really excited to have you on. Let me Thank just you. Uh, tell you this, Dave. Um, the reason we, you know, we've been big fans since the Maximum Destruction release. Um, me and my brother were both at that show in Rochester. We still talk about that show. I still sing verses from Maximum Destruction <laughs> to my brother all the time. Um, it was just just you guys just captured me and my brother we you know we like i said we still talk about it to this day it's uh so you guys were there at, at the at the show huh? oh yeah oh, Ar- wow, march of uh, march of 86 i think it was 15 years old what was that the, the penny arcade yep penny arcade <laughs> right shows on. all right yeah. all right you know listen uh, we have a lot to cover tonight and we're excited we have an exciting segment later in the show i was able to dig up an old interview you did with the warhead 
on, oh w- boy. on WGMC. <laughs> Okay, that was out of control. It Lots was. of beers, and uh, we were feeling really loose that night. That was a lot of fun. Okay, well, I added in some uh, some fun clips, so we'll get to that later in the show. Why don't you get us up to speed with what you're up to creatively, Destructor, and you know the, the new project you have? Sure. So, Destructor is going stronger than ever. Um, a few years ago, we released Decibel Casualties, and that came out on. Uh, pure steel records we're now signed with shadow kingdom records and we're almost done recording we have some vocals to do and mix and master for a new record that's going to be on shadow kingdom and that's called blood bone and fire it's slated for late spring early summer for next year obviously a lot of stuff is is uh pushed back because of vinyl production and cd productions and all that other stuff so even if we finished it today we're not going to see the product until, um, you know, late spring of next year, but that's okay. Um, in the meantime, we've been doing a lot of shows. We have a new guitar player in the band, uh, named Mark Hellhound. And, uh, we're actually leaving tomorrow morning, uh, for Mexico city. We're playing a festival keepers of the flame festival. Uh, there's going to be a lot of uh, big bands on that. Nasty Savage is one of them. And we're really, excited this is going to be our first time in latin america so it's a big deal for us we're going to be hitting mexico we're going to be hitting central america and and south american fans that we've never had the opportunity to play for in the past here uh james rivera and hellstar is going to be on that bill too absolutely yeah they're they're the, the actual headliners the night that we play so we're looking forward to that as well you think you're going to be playing some vulgar devils material down there in Mexico, or is that just strictly going to be <laughs> destructive? Actually, no, not in Mexico, but uh, the vulgar devils, which is a band that Matt and I started um, about, I don't know, 10 years ago, we did one release called temptress of the dark mm-hmm. uh, that came out on pure steel or pure rock records actually. And um, since then we've had a couple of different, new members in the band. So the band is actually like the old band on steroids. It's a little bit closer to destructor, if you will, but it's still not like thrash metal. It's it's, I still consider it to be more of what I grew up with. You know, I'm we're sort of emulating the new wave of British heavy metal and the late seventies influences and all of that other stuff in a, in a big soup. Yeah. Definitely. Um, Definitely sounds more hard rock. Yes. With definitely some heavy metal going on it has some kiss influences a little bit that's what i've heard yeah, definitely has some a little paul stanley ish not not much i'm not not saying that's what i, it, I don't know. try but people claim that i sound like that so i'll take it you there's know? some hints nothing wrong with that we're big we're all big kiss fans. no mike sent me the link this morning he's like Vern, you got to check this out it, it was like 75 paul stanley you know, and it was like Kiss Alive one vibe of Stanley. <laughs> definitely, definitely not the uh, I was made for loving you, Paul Stanley. Or crazy <laughs> nights, but but that's good stuff. So, uh, so no vulgar devils on this tour. Obviously, the set list is going to be your whole catalog. Anything new? Um, we're actually going to play one brand new song from the upcoming release, um, and that song is going to be called um, Ironclad. Uh, the rest of the set list is going to be Maximum Destruction, Sonic Bullet, Decibel Casualties, Forever in Leather catalog. So we're, I think we're playing about 45 minutes or so, and uh, we're going to try to hit on a little bit of every single record 
uh, we're going to play four songs from the Maximum Destruction record because I know that's what uh, the diehard fans really want to hear. So, and we're happy to accommodate. Oh, I love the stuff of anything after that too. Sonic Bullet. I was so happy when that came out. Just some new Destructor. It was like you know, sick. Loved it. Let me ask you: the, uh, that Decibel Casualties was supposed to be uh, released after the Maximum Destruction release. Is that correct? Yeah. So, if you have a minute, let me explain this. Um, that was a title that we ended up really wanting to use, but after the band reunited in 1999, we decided we wanted to go back in and re-record all of the songs that were to be the second record, which initially was going to be named Decibel Casualties. But after all of this time, um, in the early uh, 2000s or whatever, we decided we were going to call it Back in Bondage. So it's going to harken back to um, the first record. So it the the album Decibel Casualties was all new stuff that we wrote with Jamie when he was in the band. And of course, Jamie is Athenar uh, from the band Midnight. And he was in the band for about 12 years and wrote a number of great songs with us. And we did a lot of great things together. At some point, he decided he wanted to, to just do the Midnight stuff on his own. So um, it gets to be a little bit confusing what was going to be Decibel Casualties, but the record back in bondage was most for the most part going to be what was going to be our second record. We just thought it was such a great title. We didn't want to, I, I wouldn't, I didn't want to let that go. And when we decided that we were going to get the band back together again, there was so much unfinished business that we had to, we had to start with the last batch of songs after maximum destruction and let's get those done and then let's move on. And Jamie joined the band and he wrote the song Sonic bullet. I wrote the lyrics and then we were off on, on another phase of uh destructor. We're talking about Jamie Boulder, who was the bass player Correct. who had uh, replaced, uh, I believe Dave Holocaust. He, he did. And we had a, a number of bass players between him and, and Dave Holocaust, but we don't have enough time to go through that. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, well, let me just say this real quick. I, um, on Spotify, you have the re-release of the Maximum Destruction album, which has, I don't know, it's about 10 demo songs on there, which is just great to hear those songs raw. Thank you, yeah. And, but there was also, I wasn't there some uh, some of the stuff that was supposed to be out on the Decibel Casualties album, some demos on there too? So basically, Maximum Destruction skull-splitting issue Um is a two disc set that has the first record. And then it also has everything else that we could throw at the record company that we thought was good enough quality to represent the band and that we thought the fans would still want to hear. So um, we're actually going to be reissuing that with another very big company in um, Germany. That's going to come out next year. And that's going to be even more deluxe than that one. So it's going to have two different mixes. It's going to have some demos that didn't appear on there, uh, some live stuff. It's going to be really like the complete early Destructor catalog. Awesome. So, Dave, you know, you're, you're working, you're living in Cleveland. Um, are you guys still really active in that area playing gigs with Destructor or Vulgar Devils? Is, you know, is there a scene going on there that's still active? There is, and uh, Vulgar Devils have been doing some shows. Uh, Destructor have been doing some shows. Last year, I think this time, it, it might have been August, Destructor played 
in Chicago. And um, so we've been continuing on. We, we had a guitar player that didn't was a good guy, um, but he just didn't cut the mustard. And we ended up with a new guy, uh, Mark Hellhound, who's fitting the band perfectly and writing some songs now. Um, so we're at this point now where we've continued to do as many shows as we can regionally. You know, um, a few years ago, we played uh, in Portland, Oregon. We played uh, Jarvis's Frost and Fire Festival in California. Um, so Destructor have been as busy as we can possibly be. And uh, we're just glad to have as many opportunities that come our way as possible. And we're continuing to look forward to the future with uh, new music, new releases, and and hopefully more opportunities to play in, in different areas outside of Cleveland. Did um, Nick Annihilator leave the band on good terms with you guys? He did. Nick is is a longtime brother of mine. I love Nick. He's a great guy. He actually wrote about two and a half songs for this new record with me. And um, the song that we're going to play, Ironclad, was the first song that he brought to the table when he joined Destructor 12 years ago or something. Um, Nick is a real busy guy. He's doing more of his instrumental stuff, and he's also more of a prog rock and um, power metal type of guy. And it was just time for him to move on. It was nothing, you know, it happened during COVID where nothing was going on. And he was like, Hey guys, you know, this is the deal. And um, I still talk to him regularly. I love the guy. His band wretch is a great band. And uh, um, you couldn't pay me anything, you know, enough money to say anything bad about him unless you have a lot of money. <laughs> when you uh, played the Frost and Fire Festival out there with Jarvis, did you have a chance to meet Jarvis Leatherby? Yeah, I'm, I'm fast friends with Jarvis. I've, I made friends with him about 10 years ago, and we've been in contact. He's um, he's kind of like a confidant, and he's helped me with a number of things. We Before COVID hit, he had helped me book a tour with the band Satan in Europe. And then, of course, COVID hit. It was going to be in December of that year, um, 2020. Yeah. And, of course, that fell through. Um, but he's a great guy. I love the band, and, and he's he's a good friend. You know, I mean, he's he cares about metal. He does as much as he can, and he keeps his friends close. And anybody that he really cares about, he's always willing to, to try to help out. Yeah, he's got his hands full with a lot of different projects, like Satan, Angel Witch, and, uh, of course, Night Demon. Sir, he, had a, yeah, he, he manages uh, Midnight, and, and as soon as he started managing Midnight, um, you know, Jamie reluctantly, Athenar, was reluctant to want to start doing tours and all this other stuff, and he convinced Jamie, you have to do this. Um, I'm going to manage you guys and look at where they're at right now. I mean, they just blew up worldwide. They're they're back in Europe for another week tour. They just got back from Europe a week ago after a four week tour, and then they were um, they were touring the United States for I, I think uh, about four weeks before that. So, I think one interesting um, fact I learned from uh, Jarvis was when he he's playing bass for Surathungle now. Um, mm-hmm. That they have never toured, they've, they've no. played festivals, a show here, show there, but they've never done an official Surath Ungle tour. I was very surprised to hear that. 
you know, back in the eighties when there was a lot of every, everything was new, you know, that was like the golden age, the, the golden era. And a lot of bands were starting out and, and, and just cutting their teeth and stuff. There was a lot of opportunities for some bands and not as many for others. And then the glam hit and then grunge hit. And then things changed really, really fast in the United States. You're talking about the eighties, you know, and I'm no mathematician, but it was only 10 years. <laughs> yeah, boy, and a but, lot, a lot um, happened in that 10 a lot years. Happened, yeah. A lot happened. A, a lot was born in the, those 10 years and stuff, but that wasn't until the two thousands when there was a lot of opportunities around the world and especially Europe for a lot of these bands where people all of a sudden this kind of music was in demand again and there was a call for them to reunite and make some records and and um, we're destructors very thankful for that because if it wasn't for that who knows where we would be right now I had a chance to get to know Armand John Anthony a bit mm-hmm. great guy we had a, a great interview and he he briefly touched on that satan tour how tight are you with uh with john i'm probably more friends with jarvis but um i'm also friends with armand and also um dusty shoes he's a fucking great drummer and him and i end up texting a lot online and stuff and uh we've all had the opportunity to to meet and and hang out together so you once you meet people that are end up you realize that these are really good people. They, they're like friends for life, you know? Yeah. And then of course the guys in Satan, uh, I became friends with, and we played a couple of shows with those guys. And, um, Russ is a fantastic guitar player and him and I are, are fast friends as well. So why do you call him dusty shoes? <laughs> it's just a nickname, dusty drums, dusty shoes, but nothing collects on that fucking guy. I mean, that kid is, <laughs> is an awesome drummer. You know what I mean? He's just busy and he is, He's a great, great uh, percussionist. I had a chance to see them open for Raven like uh, six, seven years ago. It was a cold November night in Syracuse. The bands were late. You know, they were coming up from Buffalo. You know, it was like shitty Western New York weather. And I really didn't know anything about Night Demon until, you know, Jarvis came out with those sideburn, those pork chop sideburns and pork chops and that flying v guitar or bass yeah that's a great band but 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 again that's they subscribe to that new wave of traditional heavy metal that i'm a huge fan on when bands come out and they're a really really good band they get thrown into this category of that category and there's so many categories anymore but yeah um the fact that it it's just really good freaking music you know what i mean a good song is a good song whether it was written 10 years ago 20 years ago or 30 years ago or yesterday so yeah so are there any new bands you're into or what are your some some of some of the bands you're listening to if you have time to listen to new bands I do. And and for me personally, the most important thing that I can do is I want to leave a legacy behind. So if for Destructor, we're going to make as much music still um, and try to get as much of the piece of pie as as we have left um, in our time. And also along with that, we support the scene. We support other bands. It's important to, to help younger bands and to like brag about them and, and and boast how good they are and um solicitor is one of those bands um soul grinders one of those bands 
I love a lot of the older bands that are still doing stuff. Satan made a great record. It's a timeless record. Um, I noticed that you um, posted something about municipal waste. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm friends with those guys, and that last record just blows me away. I mean, they, they just never fail to deliver. Municipal Waste are great. Oh, they're excellent. And, and sure. Bat as well. I mean, I just saw them play uh, with my son, Hunter, and my wife, Katie. We went to Pittsburgh to the Metal Immortal Festival. Oh, right on. And uh, Deceased was fantastic. Bat was one of my highlights. Um, they were just on fire, and I've seen Bat about three times before. And I think this this was their best performance that I've seen them play. So you're still supporting a local, somewhat local Pittsburgh. It's not too far from you guys. Um, no, it's about and... a, it's about a two hour and fifteen minute ride, and oh, uh, yeah, that's pretty easy. Um, still. It's great when new bands come out. You know, the enforcers of the world, and you know, there's a ton of Swedish bands. What about bands like, uh, you know, Richie Randall and Grave Huffer or Casket Robbery? Or are you familiar with any of those bands? I am not. Okay. Um, you know, the, again, there's so many bands, but uh, I had a chance to meet Richie Randall and his band Grave Huffer. They're from, you know, the right side of you, Missouri and stuff. But they were, uh, <laughs> <laughs> they, you know, they, they come through. They, they play Ohio. They, uh, they spent some time uh, doing some uh, Maryland Maryland dates and they're down in Jersey this past weekend playing some of those festivals. So I didn't know how far into the scene you went. You know, you started uh, reciting these bands, Bewitcher and and all these bands. And I was curious if you knew any of those guys. I I don't have enough time to keep up with all of them, but I rely on a lot of my heavy metal friends to be like, Hey, you got to hear this band. You got to check this band out. And, and honestly, that's the way I hear about a lot of these newer bands. Um, I, I like to spend my money on my recordings and my equipment and my family and, and, you know, building my record collection of like older stuff that I wish I had that I can buy now. But um, it's impossible unless you're a collector guy or something to keep up with the the sheer amount of new talent that keeps popping up all over the place. And that's a testament to how strong heavy metal really still is worldwide. I think too, it's there's a, probably a lot to do with a band. Now you can pretty much do your own recording and release your stuff yourself. Um, you know, even if, without promotion for it, like you would get from a record label or something like that. I think that's making a lot more music available to the listeners. It's hard to keep That's, up with that. That is true. Yeah, I mean, honestly, guys, you know, there's really no record industry anymore. There's a handful of record labels that still try to to put stuff out, but every band has to make their own way. They got to pay for their own tours, their own merchandise, their studio recordings, and hopefully, you find a record label that's willing to support you and at least put that out and get you some distribution. I think country um, artists are the only people that still have. Support from right. support from their record labels and promotion or, or from a, yeah, or something right. right. That that sucks. Does it discourage you, or you're just like, well, this is the way it is, and you just want to play? Honestly, it doesn't discourage me much. It's almost like the way it was back in the late '70s and the early '80s when every band was trying to come out and stuff. There wasn't enough record labels for every band, so if you wanted to do something, you had to do it start making some waves on your own, try to get a demo out, demo tape trading, all of these things. Now there's um, 
you know, you can do social media and other ways of reaching people. So it, it's almost like, you know, we we started to make fire with rubbing two sticks together again, you know. I like the fact that you can um, just the availability through all the different things like Spotify or uh, Stitcher and Pandora. Um, I wish we had things like that. I mean, all, back in the 80s, all we had were a magazine that you could, you know, a cream or a hip parader or a circus or just the word of mouth coming from your local DJ. Um, yeah, underground I, I, heavy metal shows. Yeah, know, it was so. very word of mouth back then. So I wish we had the stuff we have now available back then. That would have been great. Yeah, and you, you know what? What you guys are doing and the way the old school things happen and stuff, it's not a bad deal. I mean, if if fans really want to hear something, they're going to they're gonna get out and they're going to seek it and they're going to look for it. And people are the best promotion. If somebody likes something, they're going to tell their friend, you got to hear these guys. This band is awesome, whatever. And, and that's what it's all about. And, you know, heavy metal only got into the mainstream because of the priests and the maidens and, and all that stuff. And I love those bands. Um, but it's almost like that's not available to any of these other bands anymore. I like the, it was like the, the second wave of metal that came after those guys, like bands like yourself or metal church, you know, nasty oh, savage. Yeah. Man, yeah. Well, the next wave, you know, it's like even one of the bigger guys, Testament, they, yep. you know, they're 87, 88 and it wasn't, and it wasn't that long. And next thing you know, it's 91 and yep. everything just changed. So unfortunately, especially in America, it was really short lived. No, and you know, uh, Dave, you're you're totally right because America in 2022, uh, the, the music scene, it's nothing like Europe. You go over there, we're we're jealous. You know, I, oh, yeah. I the, the, um, you know, I, I have this uh, radio show on Metal Devastation Radio, and we have jocks all over the all over the world, and you know, they're talking about how they're going to see so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so. And And it's like, yeah, this weekend they're going to see Saxon and then, uh, you know, Saxon and girls school. And then the next week they're going to Hellfest and there's, you know, 200 bands, six stages and everyone under the sun. And what do we get? We get the goddamn stadium tour, man. (laughs) I know. I know. It's, it's doesn't seem fair. Um, America, Unfortunately, it's diluted. I mean, you know, the kids nowadays, most of them, all they listen to is is what what's available to them, whether it be on on the radio or or streaming or whatever. There, it's not like mm. in Europe or in even in some of these other countries, um, like Mexico and South America, where they're just now discovering. Um, in Asia, they're just now discovering some of these bands, so these scenes are starting to flourish, but. Europe has set the mold for how to do a festival, how to bring bands in, how to accommodate the fans and treat them well. I mean, you could be passed out on the ground and people will just step over you or they'll help you over uh, to a certain area or something. If that happens in America, the the popo's coming for you, man. They're taking you away to jail for, you know, being incoherent and stuff. I mean, things are not set up for the fans here in America the way they are in Europe. And whenever anybody in, in America goes to Europe and goes to those festivals, they're like, oh, my God, this is like the Holy Land. This is where it's, you know, this is where I want to live. And 
it's a lot easier for bands in Europe to travel from country to country. It's like, well, you live in Rochester, New York, I'm going to travel to Utah. Um, and there's another great festival where it, that scene isn't established as well in America. And there are some, there definitely are some great festival organizers in the United States that are trying really, really hard. Yep. Um, and they're, they're using that European model but you have to have the fans to buy the tickets and to, to get people uh, in your venues or, or on the field or whatever. And it's not as easy as it is in, in the motherland of, of Europe where heavy metal is still king. And I think it's, uh, like you touched on it, a geographical thing. You know, Europe is a lot more condensed. And those countries, you know, you could take a train and go through France over to Sweden and it's sort of like driving from Rochester down to Virginia in a way. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it makes us jealous that, you know, yeah. we wish that we could just like take a train over there and fly over there, but it's not that easy. It's, it, it's expensive. I want to go to a concert where I have to decide, okay, do I want to go to stage one and see except <laughs> in, in uh, you know, uh, Saxon yeah. or right. yeah. Or Megadeth in, <laughs> some other band you're into and some it's Satan. Yeah. It's like, my God, it's not even the money factor, but so are you involved in uh, rewind? Are you, do you play any of those or have you played any of those or have been a guest on those in Europe? You mean? Yeah, yeah we have destructor have played a number of those festivals. Um, pre COVID. Um, and now that, uh, COVID hit and stuff. Oh, if you notice a lot of those bands that are playing typically are like really big names, like the Slipknots and the kiss and the Alice Cooper's. And then you have a host of, <clears throat> excuse me, dozens and dozens of other bands underneath. But most of those bands are regional bands or meaning that they're, they're within the confines of Europe or they're, a band that's like just coming out that's they're willing to foot their own bill they're going to pay their airfare the hotel everything just to get there and there's there's a stage for them and that's kind of like how we started out i mean destructor played Bakken, we played headbangers open air we played keep it true we played um um uh bang your head festival Mm -hmm. um and so there was a number of them we played in in um, Belgium, but that was in a time when when things were a lot different, and um, there was more of a demand or an ease of getting uh, American bands over to Europe, where it's a little bit more difficult now. What's your take on some of these bands? I call them the squiggly line bands. You know, you, <laughs> the squiggly line bands. <laughs> yeah, you know, the you, death you metal bands. Yeah, you can't even read uh, the name of the bands and. Um, is it, and I'm not cutting in on these bands because I'm not a musician and who am I to, but is it just, is it just extremeness? It's, it's, I, I don't understand. That's a really good question. I don't know the answer to that. I know that number one for me, I, I'm an older guy. If I can't read the band's freaking logo, I'm, <laughs> I'm probably not going to listen to the record, you know, <laughs> but there is a lot there, you know, regardless of the, genre whether it be death metal or black metal or whatever there's still a lot of really good bands that have a lot of merit it's a matter of you being able to seek out what your ears like yeah 
We have a, a friend of ours, uh, Billy Landers. He's in a band called Order of the Dead. And he's been, you know, uh, Bitch in the Well, Samara was another couple of his bands. He was from the from Rochester, down in the St. Petersburg metal scene down there for quite some time, hanging with Cannibal Corpse and uh, yep. bands like that, Dark Angel. Uh, he's he's a squiggly line band guy, and he is the, <laughs> the death metal vocals. But we support Bill. We love him. Uh, it's yeah. a great tight band. But, it, you know, again, it's the squiggly line band. It's sort of like, you know, porn. There's something for everyone. It's whatever. <laughs> it's whatever you're into. It's, I'm not Isn't into it. Isn't that the truth? I think if they if they actually you can read the the band's name, they've they've not done it right. They yeah. want it so you can't. Uh, they, you don't know what it says. Well, there was a time when <laughs> the mystery. Th- there was a time when the Destructor logo was extreme. Oh sure. <laughs> you know, it's like well, but still it. readable. Yeah, I know. Hey, but there, there was a time when when Kiss were extreme and and <laughs> Iron Maiden was extreme and that the uh, Christians burned the records and stuff and yeah. you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a perfect segue. Let's go back to March 1986. 86. Here is Bob the Warhead Thomas asking you, "How did you guys get your name?" Check this out. <laughs> So who came up with the name Destructor for the band, anyway? Who's responsible for that gem? Actually, a couple people decided just to keep yeah. it. It was it seemed it like just, an intense name, and it, it popped happened up. happened one day when we were just kicking back partying. With this bleefage. <laughs> <laughs> and the, uh, you know, usual alcohol intake. Was it inspired at all by the Exciter tune called Destructor? <laughs> yes. It, it, yes. Brought it, it brought it to our attention. It's also yeah. mentioned in the Judas Priest song, but... Uh, yeah. We were eating too much bucky. We don't uh we don't we don't <laughs> we don't directly get any influences from any bands. We're we're just influenced by the heavy metal movement itself, not any band in particular. Right. Okay, do you uh do you remember that exact moment? <laughs> lies. They're all lies. Yes, I do. That's so funny to listen back to that. Um and especially it's really heartwarming because I know Dave Ianico was with us and um you know, we lost Dave. He was one of my closest friends and, and a great bass player, Dave Holocaust for the band. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's some of part of my great memories of the early days and also being in Rochester and on the Warhead show. Uh, truthfully, in hindsight, yeah, absolutely. We we saw the we were Exciter fans um, and we saw this. There was a song named Destructor and we were like kicking around a bunch of different stuff. And and probably at that time, we didn't want to admit, oh, yeah, we, we took the name from Exciter. But there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, Exciter took the name of their band from Judas Priest. I mean, you know, yeah. everything, you know, everything is begged, borrowed and stolen. It depends on how well you do it, something with it. But um, my comment, we're not really influenced by one band. We're influenced by the scene is 100 percent correct. And we, you know, Matt was eight, is eight years older than us. He turned us on to like a lot of 70s prog rock, um, Lucifer's Friend, and Captain Beyond, and, and all of this other stuff. And we were a little bit younger, obviously, and we were totally in tune with the new wave of British heavy metal and the, and the Maidens and the Priests and the Motorheads and the Moors and the A to Z and the Angel Witches and Tank. Um, so everything that we we started to do and, and write really was a big soup. It's not like we need to sound like this band because this band sounds great. And I think at that time, you know, some bands were probably afraid to, to say that they took something from another band because they might be thrown into like, well, you're just trying to rip them off then. 
I couldn't imagine you guys with any other name. I mean, that you, Destructor's the, the <laughs> perfect fucking name for you yeah, guys. Yeah, thank you. Um, you know, you, you talked about uh, Dave Holocaust, and uh, um, we got to mention Pat Rabbit also. Um, yes, who sir. Was, who was also passed. Um, besides you and Matt now, um, are there any other people who are still hanging around the band or involved with the band um, who were involved back in the day in the early um, origins of the band, like Phil Peters or, or Chris Andrews? Any- no, not really. Um, um, it's a new world almost. It, it, you know, almost looking back at that time, it, it was like a different lifetime. And, and we're in a different different place now. I mean, we could still have contact with some of these people, but they're not involved with the scene. I mean, that was what was happening at the time in Cleveland with people that were involved in doing things. And, and, you know, you're talking about almost 40 years. So a lot has changed. How about uh, your friend, Larry Hazen? Is he still hanging around? You know, Larry Hazen. Um, I actually was watching the video on YouTube. I think it was from 87 and uh, you dedicated the song Tornado to him. He, you said this is okay. my friend right out in front of me. You know, is he still hanging around? Are you still in contact with him? So Larry Hazen is somebody that I work with in the restaurant business. And then he ended up getting into the brewing business, and he was brewing beer oh. for a number of years. And I haven't seen Larry in probably about five or six years. Um, but... We still stay in contact. Yes. So what was uh, what was your involvement in the rest in the restaurant business? What did you do? <laughs> I. <clears throat> you want to know the truth? Yeah. Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> so, at the time when I was working with Larry, I was a salad guy, and I was working the sandwich station and making salads. And if we didn't have any weed for the night, we would collect a fun, and Larry would be like, "All right." I'm going to cover for you. Go out and find a bag of some weed so we can come back and hang out by the dumpster later. There you go. Well, all of all of us here um, have been, I am still involved, and so is the Vernomatic um, in the restaurant business. I have a restaurant So you know in what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Without a doubt. <laughs> we used to roll up, we called them TFBs. Tinfoil bowls. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or apple bowls. Yeah, well, tinfoil, because, you know, a kitchen has tinfoil. You just roll yeah. it roll it up, and we used to, like, someone would pack it up, and you'd hide it in the uh, on, in the dumpsters, you know, the side grooves that the machine, the, the truck. Yeah, the yeah. forklifts. Yeah, you hide it in there. And, nobody, like, nobody would find it. No, no one would find it, and uh, everyone would be like, you know, the, uh, man, the kitchen manager thought, oh, finally. These guys I did. are running garbage, and we're out there doing one headers. Yeah, I did yeah. come to work one time, you, and you uh, tell the next guy it's loaded. Your <laughs> turn. <laughs> I, I showed up to work one uh, evening to discover that my bong that I stashed in the uh, the linens bucket, which was back by the dumpster, that linen guy happened to come that day and uh, showed the boss that. And I came in, and here's my bong right up in the top of the pass. You, oh, you, no. you couldn't miss it. And uh, needless <laughs> to say, on my way out that night, I grabbed my bong and never came back. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Back in the day, we would we would be cranking music through the kitchen and stuff. And and there was one night when all of us decided it was going to be a good idea. Let's all take some acid together. So the waiter, the, 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 the two line cooks, me, the dishwasher, everybody were tripping our balls off. You know, yeah, nice and weird, huh? <clears throat> yeah. So <laughs> that was hysterical. And we would we would take bottle rockets and lay them on the floor and shoot them across the stations to each other. So if you're standing on the line and you're like 
sauteing up some food, a bottle rocket would shoot underneath your feet and explode. It's, it's Anthony and, Bourdain. And we would save those for like, you, you don't do them all in a week or something. You you know, three weeks from now, I got this bottle rocket. I'm going to... I'm going to get this guy, you know. Yeah, I still throw the little uh, the little poppet things at my cooks on the line when I want them to wake up a little bit. They got a handful of poppets. That's funny. Well, I am going to send you the link to this whole interview back from 1986, but I want to play you one more cut. First of all, I want to welcome you guys to Rochester and WGMC's Metallic Overdrive. Feels great to be in Rochester. All right. Warhead. Why don't you start by introducing yourselves? Uh, tell, you, tell us where you're from and what you do for the band. Okay, I'm Dave Holocaust, bass player. I'm Matt Flammable, drummer. Pat Rabbit, guitar. I'm Dave Overkill, guitar, lead vocals, and I'm from Venus. <laughs> okay, uh, are you guys all from Cleveland? Or yeah. Besides the Venus there? No, we're from Euclid. <laughs> I'm from Uranus. <laughs> yeah, we're actually from Euclid. Boy. Okay, are you guys currently on tour Let's in the Northeast? Or, uh, just a one-stop type deal for now? Or? Yeah, this is just one-stop. No, two times, man. Okay. <laughs> uh, where, where will you be going to Rochester? You'll be going back to uh, Cleveland then, right? Yeah, go back yeah. to Cleveland. If you can find it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sound like the acid was still going in that interview. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's good shit. Well, what college was that radio station in? It wasn't a college. It was a community. Pu- public, yeah, yeah, community public. public access, WGMC. I'm going to tell you the whole story because it was a promotional tool for the Lakeshore Record Exchange. Ron and right. J- Ron and Jackie Stein, the owners mm-hmm. of Lakeshore, underwrote that show, fed it all the albums and everything. We're very proud of that, Dave. The metal pipeline in Rochester is, you know, there's a lot of history here. Everything from the Metallica guys recording Kill 'Em All to you know, Destructor coming here in the early days. And I say that with, with love and sincerity because thank you. everything in between the Penny Arcade, that's legendary. It's our Lemoore's. I have talked yeah. I have talked with people across the world that have said, oh, you know, Caton uh, De Palma from uh, Hyrax. He goes, oh, I've heard of you guys. Yeah, he, yeah. yeah. he goes, you guys got game. And yeah, you know, Peyton, another good friend of mine. He's awesome. Stand up guy for sure. Absolutely. I know you got to catch that flight in the morning and I don't know if your pizza is getting cold, but I'm going to let my uh, metal brothers wrap things up with another comment or two, if you don't mind. Sure. Well, Dave, as a professional part of the uh, metal mayhem ROC show, it's always nice when we get um, great bands uh, and great people like you. Um, we did a, like I said, we did an interview with Jarvis and we did an interview with James Rivera from Hellstar and it's, you get going and stuff and it's like, uh, sitting around with some friends, having a beer, just talking about metal. And I like, when, I like when we can get that feel with whoever we happen to be talking to. And then as I'm going to go fanboy on you real quick, I just, I've always loved Destructor, my just love that band and i just want to let you know here i am i mean we're talking back in 86 when we first saw you 85 when we first heard you i still uh, on heavy rotation yeah i just turned 54 um still raging destructor and i love it thank you thank you very much that means a lot and you know if you're a real heavy metal fan you're in it for life and it's so nice to be in this situation to they have this opportunity to talk with you guys and um, they have this camaraderie because this is what it's all about, you know. It's a it's a brotherhood for sure. Um, yes. 
Will we be uh, getting any teasers um, from that uh, Blood, Bone, and Fire, like the Ironclad? Will you be releasing anything beforehand to throw out, uh, you know, a little teaser for the fans? I don't know. That's something that I'd have to talk about with Shadow Kingdom Records. I know that um, if you go online and you look at some live shows, there's a song called Dominate that we played. Um, I think we played that in Detroit a couple of times when Nick was in the band and uh, we were playing with Satan. So that's a song off the new record. Awesome. And I think there might be a video of us playing ironclad from Chicago. But as far as official release goes, I would imagine that we'll probably do a video for one of the songs and use that as a, as a teaser release before the actual product is available to just try to build some interest in, and my son Hunter is also um, adamant about working on a documentary about the band. Oh, that would and, be great! And putting something together that we put on a YouTube channel, made available to everybody for free. You know, I'm sure after this weekend, the uh, somebody will post up um, something about Ironclad. There'll probably be a little oh, yeah. home shot video, yeah. Yeah, no doubt. which is another thing of the nowadays. You know, there was none of that back in the day, but <laughs> now it's everybody's got the telescopes up at the shows. Yeah, good, bad, or otherwise. <laughs> yep, that's right. <laughs> Dave, can we touch on something um, more of like what you're doing personally in your personal life? Like, uh, what, what's going on in your backyard there? I see you got a bocce court going in a nice garden. <laughs> how, how are you looking in my backyard right now? <laughs> are you using Google Earth? Some binoculars. <laughs> we're across the street. <laughs> we're, we're big bocce fans around here. It's a, it was a big bocce community. Are you guys Rochester. parked in that van across the street? <laughs> yeah. Not the we're white creeping. van. God damn it. Um, yeah, so uh, my wife and I have two greenhouses in the back. We're growing all kinds of tomatoes and peppers and, and herbs and stuff. And then my son and I, Hunter, decided about four years ago we were going to build a bocce court and it's not a full length bocce court it's 25 feet long instead of i think the real one is like 60 feet but it's 12 feet wide and we have some limestone um ground up limestone in there and uh it's just a nice secluded area to go back and and uh and crank the speaker and and drink some beers and and have some fun you know you say drinking beers you drink the destructor beer when it's available yes yeah. uh, so there, we're going to be making the destructor beer again this september i think that just okay. be, i think the fourth batch that we've made of it that's pretty much and the, it always sells out in like three weeks time so oh, it I'm goes sure. pretty quick it's pretty much a local product that's you got to be in cleveland to get that huh yeah it's yeah. too expensive to ship beer the oh, brewery doesn't want to do that but um, it's always on tap at the brewery, and then there's always a big run of, of cans as well. Get some good feedback on it. I sure. I have a uh, an, a good friend that works in TV in, in Cleveland. Where could he pick this up at and bring it home? He's coming home next weekend. And so if, if he works in TV, he's probably fairly close. The brewery is called Goldhorn Brewery. And... Um, it's because they have uh, such a, a vast rotation of beers. Usually it only is available one time every year. You, you can't have it all the time. You have your flagship beers. You got a, uh, they have a dead man's IPA, which is like an 8%. You know, you drink two of those. You, you uh. Hopefully you're on the couch. <laughs> um, and then they make a really good Pilsner, Polka City Pilsner. And that's probably their biggest selling beer. And then in 
in the 12 months time, there's a rotation of every other kind of beer um, that you could probably think of that's done to the best quality. And um, I went in there one day to, before I picked up my wife from work and I noticed um, night demon cranking from the back room, from the brewery room. (laughs) And I went into the bar. This is my first time there. And I went into the bar and, and I was like, can I get a beer? And I saw, darkness remains ipa and i was like that's a night demon so that's yeah. a black ipa so i was like let me have one of those and then i went <clears throat> as and i asked the girl i was like is the brewery working today and he said yeah he is his name is joel so i went in the back and i kind of like i was like hey hey look at me i'm special i'm like some idiot waving beyond the window he comes over and i introduce myself and he's like Oh yeah, man! I'm a big fan of the band. How's it going? You know, blah blah blah. Next thing you know, we become fast friends. And um, I said, you know what? I could probably get you in contact with Jarvis, and you could do an official run of this beer for them, and maybe do it canned and all this other stuff. Uh-huh. And so that was the beginning of my friendship with Joel the Brewer. And then, like uh, several weeks later, he goes, "You want to make a destructive beer?" <laughs> it was like no i don't think so man well well so is it available or is it it's um a, a one and done it's a seasonal beer seasonal okay so they, they run it during the fall season and it'll go uh they'll run a, a big barrel batch of the stuff and then once it's gone it's gone and then something else like the october fest is comes into rotation all right well cool i'll have uh I'll have my buddy uh, keep an eye out. I have one more cut I want to play you for you and your buddies, and then we'll say goodbye. Here you go. Check this one out. <laughs> okay. It seems to me from uh, the many bands that I've heard from Cleveland, like on the Etched in Steel and the other compilation albums, that uh, you guys are one of the only, if not the only, thrash bands in the area. Did Bitch. you... Uh, did you start out purposely just trying to be different from all the rest of the Judas Priest clone type bands, or did you just play that because well, that's we, the music you're we, most comfortable with? We were just naturally brilliant, and we were just naturally We <laughs> 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 were naturally swollen heads. No, no, naturally. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, when, we, when we first came out, uh, all these other bands were playing uh, more uh, classical, <laughs> traditional style heavy metal, and... Uh, we always wanted to just come out and blast and play the heaviest. We didn't yeah. really uh, sit down and say, uh, you know, pressure ourselves to be this way. It just kind of flowed. It was a natural thing. You know, we just happened to be destructor, uh, power, heavy metal, whatever you want to call it. Right. Now, being generally heavier than most bands in Cleveland, did you find it was harder to get gigs than, say, uh, a Breaker or a Shock Paris? No. No, actually, when uh, when we came out, everybody was uh, starving for something grinding, you know, and, and we were really... Uh, fairly well received our first yeah, couple first shows out, man. It was cool. but uh you know just coming out on the scene a good turnout yeah <laughs> shock paris i remember seeing those guys open up a few metal shows so yeah you know that was true and i i don't know how much more time you guys have but here's a quick story so exciter was on their first tour and they were coming through cleveland and we had yet to get our first show. We had our demo out and all this other stuff. We went to the show and, you know, and we, we've played with all of these bands, the shock pierces and the breakers and stuff. We've, we're friends with them. And, you know, so the old days, it, it sort of was like, you have very much competition, but we were also, you know, in, in a sort of dysfunctional family, if you will. And we went to that show 
and shock Paris opened up for Exciter. We're like, what the fuck, man? We should be opening this show, man. This is bullshit, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and, and that's when we're like, all right, man, we really need to start knocking on some more of the right doors and stuff. And actually, Chris Andrews is the one that put on that show. He used to have um, Warped Records. It was in, in Lakewood outside of Cleveland and stuff. And he already heard about us, and Matt was working the door. Um, this is Matt before we met Matt because we had a different drummer at the time, Matt Flammable. And um, and so they all knew there's these kids that have this band that are going to, you know, be on one of these next gigs coming up. You know, it just didn't happen to be the Exciter gig that we wished we had. We saw Exciter at the arcade with Shock Paris opening, and that was the Violence and Force tour, I think. We saw it. Damn it. 1984, <laughs> Violence and Force. They played twice that year with. Yeah, Force so I think. Well, then they saw. Yeah, they opened for uh, Motorhead and Fate at the auditorium. Auditorium. That was December of okay, 1984. Yeah. Um, yes, but that was the Exciter show. At the, here's a quick story. So the owner of the Penny Arcade, his name was Greg. Greg Sullivan. He calls up Ron Stein, who owned the. Uh, Lakeshore Record Exchange says, Ron, listen, all these uh, promoters and labels are calling me up to book all these metal shows here, and I don't know anything about these bands. Do you know any of these bands, Exciter or, you know, so-and-so and so-and-so? And And Ron's like, sure did. he goes, yeah, you know, I'm selling a lot of their albums. All the kids are gobbling this up. Let me talk to their management, blah, blah, blah. Ron Stein, he seals the deal. First gig... Fuck, you know, Dave, the place was packed. It was on a, sun, a Sunday afternoon. You know, that's what we used to do. We used to go down to the arcade on Sunday afternoons, and they would have, who, who would we uh, Oh, we my God. Cider there. Anvil. Merciful Fate, King Diamond, Megadeth. King Diamond, Megadeth on Killing. Yep. Um, Every tour that you guys saw, it, you know, either came from yeah. your way to us or from our way to you. It was, you know what I mean? It was all flowing down the same vein. Yeah, let's not forget Destructor, too. We got yeah. to see you guys. It was yeah. great. What were some of your early concerts you went to? Who are you, like, your favorite bands of all time? And give us uh, your Mount Rushmore of killer metal shows. Okay, so that that's pretty easy. Um, unfortunately, my parents were pretty religious, and, and I wasn't allowed to get um, to go to a lot of shows and stuff. But, like, Rabid he got a fake ID. He saw Saxon at the Agora when he was like 16 years old. And, um, um, when I, my first show ever was rush in April wine at the Coliseum was rush hemisphere tour and April wine. Uh, she's a roller. And, um, that, that was my first real concert. Um, and then after that, um, you know, for me, the iron maidens, the motorheads, uh, pre some of this stuff really still is the Mount Rushmore. Lemmy is a god. I, I sometimes I listen to some Motorhead and I, I just I start to weep up. I get emotional because it's so fucking good and it's it hits me in that spot. You know, I got to um, uh, the reason I met the Vernomatic was uh, in an eighth grade study hall class. He was he saw my Rush albums. We would bring it in maybe seventh grade. We would bring him in and play him in the library, and he started quizzing me on Rush and how much of a fan I was. We are both diehard Rush fans too. <laughs> right on. 
Dave, I got one question. Um, you're flying out. Um, what airline are you happen to be flying out on? Uh, shit, I'd have to look at the itinerary. I think it's United and Delta. Oh, boy. I just flew up here from Florida, and what a nightmare with Delta. I've, there are They fly out of Melbourne, Florida, which is where I live, and we've never had problems with them until this recent trip coming up here. Um, pretty much left I'm sorry, us. you're breaking up. They left you're breaking us. breaking up. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Hopefully you don't have any problems, and uh, you. Thank you. the gig goes off great. Good, Best of luck with that, and uh, you know, to the band, too. Um, Dave, I'm glad we, we we caught you before you went to Mexico. This actually worked out pretty good. We got up here, John. You know, got this all rolling, and I appreciate you. It it is perfect timing, and I, I just want to say, John, John, and Mike, uh, thanks for the opportunity to have a, a great conversation with you guys. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it, and uh, I appreciate you putting me on the Metal Mayhem show. <laughs> you got it. All right, man. Talk to you soon. Take care. Later. Metal for Life. Thank you for listening to Metal Mayhem ROC. Check out our website at MetalMayhemROC.com for information on podcasts, archives, links to all our live radio shows, and all sorts of info. Please like, follow, and share with everyone, even your non-metal friends. And always remember to keep it heavy. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.